Welcome to Keeping Fit and Well, sponsored by the podcast you do in Glasgow, and this is where we are today. And that's Mark in real life. Hi, Mark. Hello. In real life. That's my producer, Mark. And I've got my good guest on today, who is a member of Team KP. And I just wanted to say that because... That's what me and Stacey were talking about today is we were saying there's such a big difference see from when you first joined yeah. the membership to now. Do you Massive. think so? Oh yeah, huge. Right, okay. So I'll change. Do you want I'll to go. give people a wee brief introduction of what you do, who you are? Because it's actually a really brave thing to do, what you're doing. I always think this when I see you talking and stuff like that. Thanks. I'm getting a wee bit more confident now. Uh-huh. Um, so I... Where will I start, actually? Right, so I'm Laura. I'm 33. Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm 34 because I was 34 on Friday. Yes, happy <laughs> I need to get used to that. Um, and I live in Cumbernauld, where I've grew up all my life. That's where I've stayed. Um, and I have recently just started my wee Instagram page. Yeah, but I mean, it's two. grown good. ABCFU. ABCDFU. Why did Why so many letters there? I was trying so, to remember it last night and I'm like, ah, right. What is A, B, C, D, E, F, U, fuck, <laughs> shit. <laughs> There's, um, there was a dash and a dot in it as well and I thought, oh my God, I've made this so complicated so I took them out. But basically, um, A, B, C, D comes as like a wee bit of inspiration for a woman um, that runs a charity, a secondary breast cancer charity. Right, okay. And it's after breast cancer diagnosis mm-hmm. ABCD stands for so I was like and see because that song ABC yeah. okay let's not let's that cut annoying. that bit out it's a really annoying song <laughs> um, that song I don't know just stuck in my head every time I seen her because she's got a page and it's ABC, ABC diagnosis mm-hmm. so it just means after breast cancer diagnosis I was like I like that and I like that song like because it keeps repeating just in my head and I was well, just like that's quite catchy mm-hmm. And then I thought, right, how can I make that more my own? And then that's when I just thought... Because it is growing. Because obviously yeah. I went on last night just to kind of familiarise myself with some of the stuff that you talk about. And I was like, fucking hell, your followers are creeping on up there, aren't they? So people are loving the message. Yeah. They're following your story. Yeah. Because obviously we first watched your story on Mary's getting a lift. Yeah, that's And Stacey, right. she was howling, man. I was a wee bit, I don't really cry. I've got a bit of fucking... All like green. Uh, uh, like, I was a, a bit of a, a glass Which eye. Was yeah, I know. <laughs> a glass eye material. But she was actually, it was like a pure touching story, man. I know. I think loads of people did reach out after that. And that's how it actually grew. Like mm-hmm. Mary's is why my page grew. Because... Mm-hmm. I don't think if I went on that, or if I didn't go on that, it would have maybe slowly got there, but it just got the message I out know, a bit quicker. I'm hoping that obviously you're coming on here today and we yeah. get to spread some more of yeah. the word about it, because it's so important. So tell us about what your page is about, because I've just spoken yeah. about your name about it. So I started that, it was only back in July actually, and it's nearly really? 2,000 people so following. Good. I'm like, uh-huh. oh my God, 2,000 people want to know what I'm doing. Finds that a wee bit creepy, but uh-huh. yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's still the same. Um, but I started that because when I was 28, so back in 2018, I lost my sister. Uh-huh. Um, she was 41. She had sarcoma cancer, like cancer in her pelvis. Um, and that just kind of progressively got worse. And then she passed away in um, 2018. But that was in the March. And then in April, I had a burning sensation under my armpit. And I went to the doctors and they couldn't find any lumps or anything like that. And they were like, no, no, that's you. You're fine. Off you go. You've got health anxiety, basically, because yeah. I had lost my sister. And I kind of thought to myself, right, OK, maybe it's stress. Maybe it's blah, and blah, blah. probably a bit of health anxiety. But luckily, you know what I mean? Yeah. You kept pushing it. So come the 
August that year, I had I found a lump in mm-hmm. my breast, and I was just like, "Oh my god, like there's something there." And it was the same side I had the burning sensation, yeah. so I was like, "Right, I need to go and get this checked." And I went, and they done a biopsy, and they said that I would hear back. Like I missed the meeting for that week, so I would hear back like the end of the following week, and I got a call on the Monday after it, and I was like, "Oh god, this isn't good. Like I shouldn't yeah. be hearing back so quick." For Horrible them. man. Um, and they said, can you come in on Wednesday? And I was like, right, okay. And they said, bring somebody with you. And I was like, okay, yeah. I know what I'm going to hear you, here. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's when I get diagnosed with the primary breast cancer diagnosis. So it's like just the initial, mm-hmm. like it was just there. It was just, I always point. <laughs> uh-huh. um, but it was just there and it never spread. They removed lymph nodes and stuff to make sure it hadn't spread and that was fine. So I was given like the best prognosis. They were like, we really don't expect this to come back. Yeah. Um, and just kind of from then on was on like a hormone treatment. Mm-hmm. So uh, tamoxifen, I don't yeah. know if you've heard that. Yeah. Um, I only lasted two years on it because it made me an absolute psycho. Like I hated it. Absolutely hated it. I just felt, I don't know, I just felt like a, a total yeah. demon had came yeah. and taken over me mentally. I just overthought everything. Now, I'm a big overthinker, but that yes. just made it ten times worse. And with the fact that your cancer diagnosis, your sister, like it's so dark. You know how, like obviously my mum had the breast cancer, and it's just, yeah. it's a, it's so dark, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like, and you were saying about them saying about you've probably got health anxiety. That did trigger. I had pure mad crazy health anxiety after it, and you might be the same as well. Where it's like a headache you're like oh what the fuck's wrong now like it's horrible I every aching pain you just everything man it. and it's such a men- we were talking the other week about how much your mental health is like suffers and then how much focus your mental health actually needs and care yeah. that it needs doesn't it when oh, you- massively I think like now I've got the right tools but beforehand I didn't you know and I didn't yeah. know how to handle it and I'd done as much as I could you know, like I would go to therapy and try mm-hmm. and do it that way, but never, I've never taken this approach. But I guess that will come later in the conversation yeah. that we'll kind of get to. But that was that was my initial diagnosis in 2018. They told me you'll be fine. Be on this hormone mm-hmm. therapy for five years. Lasted two years. Um, said I wanted to come off it to try for another baby. I did and I didn't. Uh-huh. I. I came off it because I was a psycho. You were just, that's, you wanted to give them like a reason. Uh-huh. Then. And also I, I've always wanted another, uh, like I would have loved to have had another kid. No. Um, but. No. <laughs> Honestly, two is too many, genuinely. I know, it's, well, I've got my awful. one wee Millie and she's just. Uh-huh. One uh, is fine. She fills my uh-huh. brain, it's my fun. heart, my uh-huh. <laughs> everything. Yeah, <laughs> empties your soul and your yeah. bank account. But, you know, yeah, yeah one's good. That's but true. you said that so that you could kind of be like, listen, I want to come off of this now. Yeah. Was it easy? I coming off of it was fine. Did they say, yeah, just stop oh, taking no. so it? So I, um, I spoke to one of the nurses and I said, What's the what's the purpose of me taking uh-huh. this? Like, what's this doing for me? And there was less than nine percent chance of stopping reoccurrence. So you're like, like, so I'm torturing myself here. Why then? I mean, that's that's low, nine percent. Way too low for me to even consider staying yeah. on it. So, um, I was only on that for two years, and then I just went about my life as normal. And I met a woman not that long ago, actually, like maybe about a year. But like last uh-huh. April maybe like a, a year past anyway in 2022 and um, 
she said, listen, I wouldn't have another baby if I were you, basically. She says, um, if you have another baby, they, no, if you want to stay alive to see your baby grow up, I wouldn't be having any okay. more children. I was like, oh. So then that harsh realisation of you can't have another child, yeah. then ha even yeah. though I was like, I would like to, but yeah. that's not solely the uh, reason yeah, it's I been was told you, Yeah, you can. When uh -huh. I was told that, I was like... I was distraught. Really? Uh -huh. Like, I think it was the, the option of that being taken away. It is. It's the same way, like, women in the menopause. It's like, they, did they really want another kid at, like, 45? But, you know, it's the option uh, of it being taken I, away that people... I just felt like everything, so slowly little things were getting taken yes. away. My sister had been taken yep. away. I had had cancer, so a part of me mm -hmm. was, like, gone. And then all of a sudden, no, you're not going to be... Yeah. You're not uh -huh. going to be a mum again. And that is what it is. It's, I think that a lot of your power is taken away. Mm -hmm. And then see how now we're doing the healthy focus and all that and you're doing your... Now you feel like you've got a bit of control and a bit of power back yeah. over your health and it actually helps your mental, mental health, health, doesn't it? 100% helps. So yeah, definitely. It is that. I felt that with my mum as well. It was just all of a sudden you're going for all these appointments. Your life is now just suddenly different, isn't yeah. it? Like, you just get that diagnosis and, you know, two days ago you were worrying about, like, if I put a pink sock in with that whitewash and I now know, all of a sudden... It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, doesn't yeah. it? So see, once you get that told and everything's going to be fine, what then happened? You came off the tamoxifen. I came off of that. Um, I then seen the woman who said, oh, you know, um, don't have any more children because the hormones through okay. your body could create... She says, the amount of people that I've seen back again that have had I mean, want to yeah, have children. Yeah, putting the doubts in now, like, uh-huh. Mm -hmm. I was like, right, okay, okay. So that that was the decision made for me. I was like, right, okay, well, that's it. I can't have any more kids. Um, but I didn't go back on it. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to go back on it. And just this year should have been my five-year mm -hmm. cancer-free. Mm -hmm. Like, I should have got told yeah. that's, that was me, cancer-free. And then um, I've kind of skipped a bit, actually, again, but... So in between times and last April, not that April there, April 2022, my brother had been going back and forward to the hospital with pains mm -hmm. in his stomach, um, had an ultrasound in his stomach in the December, um, told it was all clear, and then in April he took himself to a and &E because the pain had just got too much, and that's when he was diagnosed with colon cancer. So mm -hmm. he's got stage four um, colon cancer that's spread to no different areas. no genetic link? Nah, so they say. But I don't think... I used to think, what is cancer research? Why are we raising money uh -huh. for them, right? And I couldn't get my head around it. I uh -huh. never, ever could. And it's not until the three of us have been in that position yeah. that I've been like, right, okay, that's what they do. They're, they're testing for genetics. They're yeah. researching to try and mm -hmm. find a gene to mm -hmm. ultimately protect our children. Do you yeah. know what I mean? But um, so now I believe in it. Um but yeah, so he was diagnosed in April 2022. So he kind of just goes through all his chemo mm -hmm. and all that. I'm saying just goes through as if it's like just, it's like horrific. It's horrific, man. Mm -hmm. it's, it's like he's in and out of hospital and just the side effects are just terrible. Awful, it's so mate. bad. It's Awful, man. The IV stuff, it just takes just, over. I know. And that was the thing with my mum. That was actually what I was most frightened of, that she was going to take the treatment mm -hmm. and go down That's the chemo right. route. You said that she never did. I'm like... 
you know, everybody's got their own sort of path and health and stuff like that. But for my mum, it would really strip her of everything. And I think you need, a, I think to fight something like that, you need your soul. You need to be a fighter. And I think if my mum, being the type of person she has, got that, yeah. I think she would just be an ill person. And see, when my mum got had cancer, she was like that, basically saying, I don't feel like I'm ill. I'm just doing my supplements. I'm being healthy. She's going to the gym. She was training with me. She looked amazing. And she didn't take it on. She didn't take on the... They're kind of, I'm an ill person. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like if she'd have went down that route, she would be an ill person. So yeah. it's not for everyone. I mean, my friend, she took it and she's great now. She went through the process of the chemo. It was horrendous. Like, mm -hmm. But she came out the other side and she's all right. She's got a kid now. But I think you just need to really see what kind of person you are to be able to handle it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think it, when you get like a stage four sort of incurable mm -hmm diagnosis it then becomes right okay well what are my options here yeah. and like because it's so advanced at that point you're like it is it's, it's really really scary I used to always say when I had seen my sister go through chemo and uh -huh. she was she was really really strong with it like yeah. didn't let it break uh -huh. her down but I always said I'll never I'll never take chemo I'll yeah. never do chemo. just something uh -huh. for you I, I would be the same but now I'm like then when you're in that situation yeah. it's so different it's, it's so scary uh -huh. it's so scary mm -hmm. because you don't really know and see when it's something unknown see when you think like when we thought right my mum we didn't know what it was she had cut out and we were seeing if it was in the lymph these were all the worst moments see when we actually knew what we were dealing with you're like right okay but it's this unknown is it spreading oh god she's got a headache today is it in her brain it's just living like that isn't yeah, it man constantly, do you know what I mean yeah. so where are you now with things so my brother got the diagnosis in April 2022 and then this year in April 2023, uh -huh. right? we're still I in 2023, we <laughs> nearly, nearly at the end, um, I was then in the same hospital on the same date, so he got diagnosed on the 12th of April 2022 and I got diagnosed on the 12th of April 2023 in the same hospital, in the same accident and emergency, I know it's just bizarre. Isn't it? Um, I know, you, you couldn't make half of the stuff up that's... Like there's just so many coincidences it's with weird, things. Isn't it? It's like, well, I'm saying coincidences. I don't believe it's coincidences. Well, I don't know. Like, Do you know I, what I mean? I but like, like, how's your parents like? I so then I was diagnosed in this year. Um, so it's secondary uh -huh. stage four incurable. I don't know if I said that, but just to make it clear. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so my mum and dad are naturally distraught like there's yeah, just can't even bear thinking about it like even though I'm in the situation that I'm in and it just doesn't yes. bear thinking like about my wee girl like Millie uh -huh. and just like how I feel about that situation to then think about how they must feel it being out of their control yeah, and that's their what three it is children yeah like uh -huh. one of them no longer here I just uh -huh. I can't imagine they're like superheroes to me I, I think so as well do you know what I mean like it's such a big trauma for everyone in it when there's yeah. a cancer diagnosis. Yeah. It's like your worst. I can never even used to be able to listen to an advert on the radio. You know how you hear an advert and it'd be like, we're I sitting down, give it. it I would never listen to a full one. Yeah. And then, like, when my mum got it, I actually started to listen to them because I thought, I just need to find other people that are in this situation. Because, like, because it was my mum, it was out of the control of us. So you're yeah, like that yeah. constantly going, how are you feeling? How are you feeling? Doing her tits in, do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. She's like, ah, fucking hell. But it's so rough. <laughs> I'm laughing, doing her tits in, literally. <laughs> I know. Well, one of them now, because she got a... <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's hardcore, man, for the family. Like, see, for like your man, like your wee girl and stuff. Yeah. The family, man. I know. She's just like, my wee, my wee girl's just like a, 
I don't know. She just takes it. Like she's she's very like me, like she feels everything, mm-hmm. like she worries Pure about empathic. things and all that. But somehow well, I'm saying somehow, I don't think it's somehow. I believe because I'm in a better way now than yeah. what I was when I was diagnosed. So the two of us would sit and cry all the time. Me so it's tough, man. Right? So she would say something to me and I would break down mm-hmm. or she would start getting upset mm-hmm. and I just couldn't hold it in because like it, my my emotions were just everywhere. Fucking it was everywhere, aren't they? Brutal, mm-hmm. brutal, absolutely brutal. But um, like now she just kind of, so she'll still have her wobbles. Yeah. She definitely still has her wobbles and it's horrible when it does happen and it kind of takes me right back again. Yes. Like it, and I'm like, right, no, no, we can't let mm-hmm. it. But I do believe because I have, become the way I've become now yes and how I'm handling it does um, rub off a on million her. percent yeah. will do do you know what I mean because you're like doing something so positive now and that is actually what they say when you have something like that going on see if you can sort of kind of turn something into a positive where you're like going and you're speaking at these events and stuff now and people are kind of looking to you like as inspiration like it gives you this other focus with it yeah. doesn't it instead yeah. of sitting being like oh my god this is a terrible diagnosis like you've got this new focus and being part of the membership like yeah, you're no, fucking doing huge. good man now because I remember when you first were like I don't know if I should do this remember? I think I contacted you, you were annoying four or five you were days. annoying oh well I'm, <laughs> she all, was I'm going really to continue annoying, annoying. <laughs> uh, no but you were like yeah, I don't know if I should and I was like you 100% should not that I can ever push anything on somebody because that's a personal choice that's but, the thing though if you're certain like thinking about it as well right and I didn't know you at the time and I've just watched your YouTube and like uh-huh. your YouTube your stories on Instagram and all the rest of it and every time I watched it I was like that damn I I should be doing that like Mm. I need to do that and every time that I spoke to you about it I was like right but I don't know I just feel like it came at the right time because I don't think think I could have done it right back at the beginning you you wouldn't have been able to do it you were obviously kind of that way where you manifest something in your life you were probably looking for a way of being healthier being positive being a bit mentally better so you probably did sort of make yourself ready for it you wouldn't have been ready back then for it do you know what I mean I would never have been able to focus and then I think when I did join it was like a couple of months before I was due to go on holiday because my holiday got postponed and all that and I was like right I'm going to join the now but I don't know how much I'll do and you were just like that's fine like just do what you can and I'm so glad that I did do that because I was going to wait until after I came back my holidays and it was like that thing or right, wait till Monday, wait till January. Yeah. Like, ah, do you know what I mean? Just fucking do it, man. And then when I went on holiday, I just remember like automatically making different choices. Mm-hmm. But not even I had, I, and I genuinely hadn't got even touched the mm-hmm. surface with any of the mm-hmm. stuff. But just being in the chat and seeing what all the other girls do and like just watching your videos and stuff like that I was like right okay well I know these wee things that uh-huh. I can do do you know what I mean so how so, do you how do you feel now like about health and about everything I don't know I get dead scared to answer like I know that's ridiculous right but I get dead scared because I feel really good uh-huh. good but I get so no. scared to say it out loud because I've just got this wee there's still that wee guy in the back of my head going if you no, say you're good, the then I, that is the chimp. It's the fucking oh, chimp. Everybody needs to read that. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> like, no, honestly, you need to say if you're like, you feel fucking great. No, I do. You I look really good. good. Like, even the white of your eyes, like, if I'm looking at somebody's health, I'll look at the white of their eyes and stuff like that. Like, everything is going good. So, yeah. like, no, definitely. So, more recently, um, I'm on treatment just now. So, it's like an oral kind of. Some of the 
doctors and specialists say it's a chemo and yeah. others don't. Yeah. It's like a targeted therapy. Yes. So it's still got like similar side effects to chemo, but it's just like like reduced. So where is it reduced. where is it targeting if they've So this um I know I feel like I've jumped jumped around. I just want to talk about like mostly you, what you're doing <laughs> and stuff. Like, do you know what I mean? Um so the when I got diagnosed, I was told that it had spread to my, like mainly my bones. So my spine was the, mm-hmm. the major part that was affected and my pelvis. So there was like a big hole out of the pelvis. Um, see like your tailbone? Yeah. You know how, like it turned, like kind of turned under, obviously. There was literally like a big black hole. So it was that. just like a big chunk. As if somebody had leaned on the scan or, or something like that. taking a big bite. <laughs> <laughs> right. Where's it gone? You're like looking for it in your pocket like that. What's... <laughs> I so that was like there was a big chunk out of there and um, some of the main areas in my spine was like your vertebrae Mm -hmm. so where that meets your spinal cord there was parts starting to look as if they were protruding into my my spinal cord so when I was diagnosed the actual day I was diagnosed they got me they were like you can't move and got me to lie down in a bed and strapped me in this bed and blue lighted me over to the beach Fuck scene and off. I was like <laughs> like hyperventilating <laughs> no, yeah no wonder and like, I was that seems up like to a nightmare like, eyeballs and diazepam because I was just like yeah we need to put like that some sh- I need ketamine directly into that vein do you know what I mean <laughs> fuck's sake man I just remember they put me they put me into a ward when I got to the beach scene right and I was hysterical crying hanging off Alan saying take me home I need to go home and see Millie take me home I just didn't want to be there because why would you want to spend your you night in know. a hospital you wouldn't. with nobody with nobody not feeling in a good type, any type literally of way and but people can also hear you do you know what right, I mean? so, so what, that. that's exactly that right but I hadn't thought about that and then next thing a nurse or somebody came in and was like we're going to move you to your own room and I thought this like, is like God, 11 o'clock here. or 10 uh-huh. o'clock at night like why did you just put me in here in the first no, place no so traumatising so and it would have been triggering for other people in there too yes because uh-huh. they've been through that uh-huh. so I was like but like how much is your health in a state after a big trauma like that exactly do you know what I mean I know. that's not what you need I know I, I mean I couldn't have dealt with listening to myself like but like <laughs> you blue lighted strapped down like that don't worry Put, put smooth radio on. Aye, I mean? that's what they're like. Is a, do you want? Do you want? <laughs> don't get me wrong. We, but the paramedics, uh-huh. they were lovely. Like they were just like, listen, we know what you've just been told. Like just if you want to chat, we're here. Like uh-huh. just let us know. Um, so you basically but, get told like your spine and all that. But we need to strap you down and move you for what? What we've got to do? So like, they only told me at the time that the MRI that they done on me had shown that there was cancer there, mm-hmm. and that it was in my spine at the time. They didn't say, like, my pelvis and all that. So um, when I got there, the next day, two consultants came and sat me down and were like, what do you know? I was like, I've got cancer in my spine. And they were like, right, okay, yeah, it's in your spine, your pelvis, your ribs, your shoulder and your liver. And I was like... Like, just after having that night like that, then that was the next day? Mm-hmm. Like, can I have a coffee or is it <laughs> like no I could have done with something stronger so really it was, that was literally the next day they just hit you with that yeah so they said um, but I just kept saying to them I want home I want home with my little girl I don't want to be mm-hmm. in here I want to be in my own house I want yeah. to spend time with my family because like, at that point I was like that oh god I'm dying uh-huh. that's me that's yeah. it 
So I was like, why am I wasting my time in here? If that's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if this is what's going on, then I want to be at home and spend time with the people that matter. But um, so they, they kind of discussed it all with me and then they said, um, we know that you're keen to get home. And I was like, yeah, basically mm-hmm. I'm going home. Like, yeah. I, like you just need to work around me. But they are really, really good. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? They will like kind of do as much as they can because mm-hmm. they know it's traumatic. Um so I, they let me go home and then I had to go back in the next day and I get radiotherapy on my spine and it was like five blasts in one go and it was to avoid it becoming spinal compression because mm-hmm. um, that's where they were really worried. That's why they strapped me down and all mm-hmm. that because they were like, if you're, if this moves or, you know, like yeah. you could be paralysed basically. Mm-hmm. So um, then I seen like a spinal specialist who was like, oh, that's great, they've reacted so fast and it's brilliant, he says, but if I had been looking at that, I probably wouldn't have been as concerned to jump on that so fast. Yeah. So albeit it was traumatic and so scary and worrying at the uh-huh. time that they were like, oh my God, this yeah. could be spinal compression. See, for me, it was just really the cancer. Like I just yeah. couldn't stop thinking about anything else other yeah, than cancer. Yeah, that's what I would think too. Because I was like, well, take my legs, I'll yeah, stay fine. here as uh-huh. long as I can stay. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. all I'm bothered about. Um, so yeah, but I've so after that they put me on um, loads of different treatments. So I'm now on uh, ribocyclib, which is like a um, targeted chemo oral yeah. therapy. So I take that for three weeks on, usually two weeks off. It's meant to be a week off. Oh, right, okay. My bloods uh. don't recover quick enough. Um, I'm also on. <laughs> you'll you'll blah. I'm also on. Um, so it's a hormone injection well I call it a hormone injection solidex so it mm-hmm. shuts down all your ovaries and all that all your womanly parts and puts me into a chemical menopause yeah. um, I then get another injection which builds up my bones so where the chemo tablets meant to shrink the cancer mm-hmm. the bone injections meant to go in and right, okay. it all, like, mm-hmm. sparkle its fairy dust and make it all better yes and the chemical menopause is that is really rough on people it How, is. How's that been? It is rough, but I feel better now than I did last year. I'm, yeah, but so you're taking such good care of yourself now. That's where I'm like, right, okay, so last year I was sitting about, I wasn't moving a lot, mm-hmm. like I couldn't because of the pain. I wasn't moving about a lot, I was eating crap, Pro- wasn't sleeping very well mm-hmm. either because of the pain and mm-hmm. it just got to a point and my stress levels were like through the roof because of all yes. that. So actually the chemical menopause, I'd prefer to be in this chemical yeah. menopause than how I felt last yeah. year, yeah. which is really, really strange. Mm-hmm. And I also thought I'm never going to be able to handle this because I couldn't handle the tamoxifen. Uh-huh. I thought, right, okay, this is it. I'm doomed. Like I, yeah. you're going to uh, like St. Alan, my husband, I was like, you're going to be living with a monster now because that's how What's it made me. <laughs> I no, he's like, <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe I'll be a nicer I'll monster. Be <laughs> you know what I mean? But no, it does hit people really hard. I mean, I've worked with a few women where it's not, and it's been like you, and actually, um, they're like, no, I'm actually all right doing this. So I think I've managed to balance it out by doing mm-hmm. everything with you guys, mm-hmm. like. I think if I was still living the same lifestyle, I'd naturally not be in a good place because... But that makes sense. Yeah. Doesn't it? So it's bizarre because I do say to people, people will be like, how do you feel? And I'll be like, I actually feel 
good and quite good. You like, should say that. Uh, I know, I know. I need to get used to saying it. It's just this. Listen, I know. Jump. I've got that. Like, I've got like the OCD. Like when I'm scared to do things like that too. Like I'm doing well, and then you're like, "Fuck! What if I don't do well tomorrow now?" Uh, do you know uh-huh. what I mean? But you or shouldn't. What if things change? You shouldn't. Or... If they do, they do. But you should be like pure. I feel good. I know. I know. You know what I mean? And I think as well. Sometimes you're like, right, okay. If I say I'm doing good. There's that wee monster again, or the wee chimp in your head going like that. Do they think that I'm at it? Do they yeah. think, do you know, but it's ridiculous. <laughs> like, yeah. like, pure ridiculous. Really? And I'm like, aye, there's just a wee thing that niggles no, in man. at the back of my head. And I know it's stupid because I would never dream no. of thinking anything no. like that if somebody uh-huh. was to say anything like that to me. But, but you almost feel like you need to be a sick person. Aye. Like, uh, well, people waiting yeah, on I you like that. You know. She doesn't look that sick. I mean, so it's good there. She got eyebrows done. Uh huh. Uh But that that can be our culture as well. Do you yeah, know what I mean? That's true. That's Where we're true. all like that over here. You know what I mean, she's not sick enough, is she? I know. Well, mm-hmm. she doesn't look it. So mm-hmm. the whole invisible disabilities th- come about. <laughs> I think that you have to keep not like embodying that. I think you need to be like, I'm putting this on. I look good today. I'm feeling good today. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I was saying to what my mum did, and I think it did make it easier for me because. I didn't go a day up to her house where she looked like an ill person. She's perfect hair, like she just looked good. She was at the gym and I'm just like, she at it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> there you go. That's what she, I mean. For my dad, like, she's in the gym now, I know. Do you know what I mean? But it is but because she was like that, it just it was more empowering. And I think no, that's how it should be. I think that when you get your cancer diagnosis, it's like you're stripped with everything, as you were mm-hmm. saying. The worry, the trauma, what the fuck's happening next. Like, where, where am I going now? Whereas, like, I think more of, like, an empowering. I remember when I used to kind of hang about with this guru woman, um, she was like that when I told her about my mum because people's reactions were making me feel worse. People going, oh, my, and them crying uh-huh. and all that. And I'm yeah. like, no, no, no. And I remember hard. her reaction. She was like, oh, well, she'll just, it's a disease in the body, so she'll just need to get herself healthy again and see her reaction. It was just brilliant. I just wanted like to that. hang about with her all the time because it just felt... I felt empowered by her. I was like, okay, this isn't like a pure death sentence. I'm happy with this woman's like reaction. Do yeah. you know what I mean? So see, now my reaction's that, and I can always remember people saying to me, I'm so glad that your reaction isn't like hysterical yeah. into it, because it's like no, the big definitely. C word of fucking hell. I used to cringe. Like, it's not how you're saying when you see, like, or you used to see the cancer adverts yeah. or listen to them or whatever. I used to even like seeing the word cancer after I lost my sister and after I had been diagnosed mm-hmm. initially, uh, like every time I heard it or seen it or read it or somebody said it, it would be like a pure, uh-huh. uh-huh, like, mm-hmm. like this pure heavy weight on my chest. But now it's it's not. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because I am living with like something that they've told me is incurable. It's mm-hmm. stage four, the diagnosis you don't want to hear. And I'm like, I'm still feeling okay. Mm-hmm. And I know I am lucky for feeling like that. I know that not everybody's in that situation. Yeah. But, like, I think it just changes your perspective of it. Mm-hmm. And it's not always, like, yeah, it's, it's not just pure doom and gloom. Do you How know are I mean? people's reaction to you saying stuff like that? Like, you need to take care of your health. Or, like, are you in, like working and talking to people who also have cancer and stuff like that are you getting a lot of that people asking you oh what will I do Laura and stuff like how's that going like are you kind of spreading like I'm doing this for my health I'm doing this for my mental health like how's it landing 
it's it's hard. Like yeah. I've I've not quite mastered that part of it yet. Like well, I've not mastered any of it. But like mm-hmm. so, I think when I was initially diagnosed, I was in such a dark place for a good couple of months. Mm-hmm. But I had to let myself go through that grieving process. You do. It's like I needed to get that out of my system. But I don't know that I'd still be. I, well, I, I think I would still be feeling like that had I not taken the reins and, and made the uh-huh. changes and I think it's hard to speak to people when they're in that grieving process like yes um I think it's in that chimp paradox actually that says that um like basically describes grief as not just being not just being losing someone do you know what I mean mm-hmm. you're even losing a part of yourself when yeah. you've given a diagnosis mm-hmm. or you know a breakdown in a relationship or something like you're that you're forever changed uh-huh. Uh-huh. so I think it's difficult because people seek out people when they're in their worst times. And then once they feel better, they don't really want to be Mm -hmm. involved in it as much. So when I speak to people, I do speak to them at their their lowest. Yes. And it's quite difficult to kind of manage because I don't want to drag myself back into that position but also I did create the page to to help people in that situation, but not to be like an individual therapist. I you know think what I mean? it's so. really brave that you are doing that because I often think about that. See, when you're talking about it, I'm like, because I know I get bombarded with mad questions and yeah. stuff like that. And I'm like, I wonder what you're getting on Instagram. And it's very hard because like um, when I work with clients and stuff who get cancer, even when we chat, you do kind of go back to where you were when you were get that first diagnosis. Like when we talk and stuff like that, I'm like back thinking about my mum telling me in the kitchen. And I think it's quite hard on you. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like you're not like a pure wall. You are like you take on emotions. So I was wondering how you are protecting yourself against that kind of thing. So I think... I'll have an initial conversation with someone because at the end of the day, that's what I looked for initially as well. That's one of the reasons why I did sort of set up the pages because initially what I looked for was somebody in the same situation as me. And is there not that? Is that why you set the page up? There's really not a lot. So there's not that kind of person there for when you first get that diagnosis? There's just like a gap? So you've tried to fill that then? Yeah, I yeah. So they'll be like they'll give you sort of numbers mm-hmm. for Maggie's and McMillan yeah, okay. and all the charities, which is is all well and good. But you want somebody real life that looks like I you, would think so, yeah. Looks like they've got a similar life to you, maybe yeah. a similar age of kids or mm-hmm. you're a similar age or just like you want to have stuff in yeah, common you do. to be able uh-huh. to see that this is could be okay. Yeah. And when I searched, and don't get me wrong, there are people out there, but when I searched for them, the, the, still to this day, I've only came across about two people in Scotland. Really? The majority are in England. And I don't think it's that there's not many people up here. I just think that there's not many people like present on Instagram and social media and stuff like yeah. that, which is fine. But the first thing I done was Google and like, not Google, but like pure search and search and search Instagram yep. to try and find somebody that I could relate to and for they to read their story and be like, oh look, they're doing well. Yeah. Like, you know, there Please, is uh, hope. Uh, and I needed that wee bit of light. And at that point I just couldn't really find it. It was mainly down in England, but there wasn't really many people in the same sort of We found that too with my mum. We were actually it was like America. My, my dad was talking to like doctors in America yeah. and stuff like that. There was nothing really here that you could really get to. It was like what you were saying, you get 
you know, those numbers and stuff, but it was like nothing really personal that we could get yeah, to, do you know what I mean? Is. So obviously you're doing that job now kind of thing, like you're taking on that role. It's tough going. Yeah, yeah. I think like when I do post things, like it's, oh, I'm kicking my phone now. Um, when I do post things that say, it's good to get the kind of feedback and people mm-hmm. to come back to you and be like, oh God, like, so I don't know. For instance, I posted one that was about how to kind of react around someone mm-hmm. that's had a cancer diagnosis or is in this kind of situation and how you can help and things to say, but things not to say type thing. And the amount of people that came back and were just like, God, that's so helpful. I've just had this person, my friend, my family yeah, member. It's so blah, blah, positive blah. that, yeah. So that sort of feedback's really good. And I'm not saying that I don't want to speak to people either. Mm-hmm. I do. I really do because that's the only way I find people yeah. in similar situations and stuff as well. And I do want to connect. But when somebody has just been diagnosed, it's a heavy weight to carry themselves. Yeah. And it's like almost like I feel a wee bit honoured to be that person that they feel comfortable enough to talk to yes. about it um, but when you get to a point where you're having a conversation and they, they're they not in that place yet that they want to help themselves mm-hmm. and I'm saying yet yeah, some people don't get there at all um, that's where I start to struggle because that's where I'm I like, start to struggle with people yeah. as well It's that that's hard do you know what I mean? And when we were talking the other night as well, when you posted up your supplements and stuff like that, oh, <laughs> what's that like? I wasn't expecting that at all, actually. I really wasn't. But, yeah, like people saying, should you be taking Just that? Just like putting like, me doubts in your mind, uh-huh. and it kind of like does. Uh-huh. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, it really does. Actually, should that, what, really? You're saying to me, well, you know, I'm taking this and it's healthy, but I've not been told that I shouldn't be drinking like Diet Coke, Coke or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Alcohol. So how alcohol uh-huh. stuff like that, but how can a natural? So just those wee things when you put yourself out there online, man, it's it can be tough. It is. I know I've had to actually battle with myself in my head since I messaged you about that. Like just to say, like no, like you're mm-hmm. doing the right thing. You're you've yeah. cut out so much rubbish from from your life. You have flipped everything you've done. I was going to say a three sixty, but I've not quite. I'm getting Wait, there. We've done well. We're yeah, like I'm doing still well. In the air. <laughs> We're doing good. Um, and I've had to remind myself quite a few times, like, don't don't let that wee gremlin like eat away. That's at what you, you can do. You can't let that happen. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I just think these wee things are wee tests. Oh yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, will you revert back to it? Oh no. 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 The only thing that I thought was like. Okay, maybe I should look at that a little bit more to yeah, see. Nothing wrong with doing that. I still yeah. get told things like that and I'll go, I'll look into that. We actually like that kind of thing. Yeah. But it's the doubts you shouldn't you don't let it no. steer you off I, any sort I of health. Won't, I won't. I genuinely cause I know um myself that if I went back to the way I was living a year ago, like a normal Glaswegian person. Just eating fags for your breakfast. <laughs> Oh, well, that wasn't great. What is the diet of a Glaswegian person? I think I it's know. stuff like I that. Think it's Red Bull. <laughs> first thing in the I morning. I don't even do Red Bull. No, but listen, this is the diet. Red Bull for their breakfast, right? Yeah. And then maybe a cigarette. Uh-huh. And then, like, maybe something like a wee chewy sweet. It's quite popular in Scotland, like uh-huh. Wambar. Yeah, uh, maybe pop into Greggs for a Pop into Greggs, just for something savoury. <laughs> 7% meat. 
you know what I mean? Oh, yep. don't. Mm-hmm. don't no. Then, then for like sick, lunch, man. maybe a half pizza crunch. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? So true. Can of empto, uh-huh. another packet of cigarettes, and then they're done. I might get a wee takeaway. Aye. So yeah, I mean, I'll be having serious sense. conversations with people, and they think they've got IBS, but they've just told me that's their diet, and I'm like, yes, you do. Everyone would eat that. Do you know what I mean? My I client know. once hit out with she was like that. I think I'm um, like get an allergy to something. I went tell me what you've ate today. She went, I had a McDonald's for my breakfast, and then we went to that China buffet, and then ended up having an Indian. But I don't know what it could be. I was like, <gasps> all of that. Do you know what I mean? So like. We're dealing with a tough crowd. Yeah. So you're like that. I'm being healthy and I'm doing my mindset stuff. We're like that. Red Bull. Uh, Where is it? Know what I mean? Well, that's, that is honestly genuinely seems to be the hardest part so far. Yes. Somebody question what I'm doing while sitting there and maybe uh, making different choices. <laughs> why is she doing that? Know what I mean? Ah. Uh-huh. And that, that's where I find it challenging. And then somebody so deep in the grief that I yes. need to like just be like, right, listen, I think that maybe have you tried Maggie's, have you tried McMillan yeah. or whatever, because I am not equipped to, uh-huh. to deal with and this and fine. I'm dealing with my own grief. Would you, you ever I mean? do any of that? Like, would you ever go down the route of doing more training and stuff to do that as like a... I don't know. I don't know. I think... I don't know, actually. There's I get there's a woman actually you've seen me tagging her in the same post yes. you do quite a lot, right? She does the NLP. Yeah, you I'm do jealous. As well. I just I don't like I'm very only child. I'm like that when I'm tagging the same post. Who's Sorry. this girl? Oh, Who's no. this other lady? She's great. Oh, so. no, no, no. <laughs> no. Ah, yeah. Good. She um so I seen her after uh, Linda. Um I seen her after my sister passed away mm-hmm. and she helped me through quite a bit of that. So that was like my first kind of way of changing things. Yes, and my first kind of million percent would say everyone should do that when, when they're grieving. You need yeah. professional help and yeah. stuff, don't you? Yeah. So she was she was one of the first people that I kind of went to. I don't know why I was telling you this. Because you were telling me that would you do this as... Oh, so yeah. Finally just I'm fucking on the ball. <laughs> I my brain's like... I'm fucking on the ball. Um... That lines means no kidding. In. Yeah, it's not working. <laughs> um, so I, when I would go back and forward to her, and she still says to this day, she's like, "You're dead in tune. Like you know mm-hmm. when you're feeling a certain way, but you just need that person to be like, right, let's let's bring you back down yeah. to earth and let's like deal with one thing mm-hmm. at a time." She's like, "But you're so aware. You're telling me what you need to fix. It's just how you go about uh-huh. sort of fixing it." Is the so, I mean, would that ever be... What's the path? What are you doing? That's a nice way for us to... Well, what, 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 what do you think? Would you think about doing anything like that? Potentially, I think, as well, when my sister had been in the hospice, I also really, really wanted to kind of go into there. So that's why, now that they are starting to look at doing different things as well, I'm like, I'll mm-hmm. help, I'll help. Because like, I, I know, but I just... I don't know if I could take on that from other people, like... I think I th- it's a you, lot. You need to learn lots of ways that you can take it on and not take it home, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think that's where my issue would lie is that I just get, like I'd be waking up at four o'clock in the morning yeah. going, are they okay? Mm-hmm. Like, what, what's you, going if on If you're too there? empathic, then you would mm-hmm. take it home. It would be too much, you know what I mean? Yeah. you've got to protect your own energy and stuff like that. Well, I'm quite happy doing, like, what I'm doing just now. So, obviously... Um, the Strathcarran Hospice where my sister mm-hmm. was so I, I've kind of committed to helping them um, as much as I can 
and also the secondary breast cancer mm-hmm. charity met up UK so they've managed to get red flag symptoms of secondary breast cancer put into can you go over what the red flags are of the secondary breast cancer cuz you yeah. know when you read about it it's like it's just it's like everything it's like pure minefield uh, so what what are the actual of the secondary so these symptoms they've managed to get into England and Wales mm-hmm. right and it's literally just a wee sheet or a wee infographic mm-hmm. thing that they can click on. That wasn't something in the NHS at all, and they've had to fight to bring it in. It's not yet in Scotland, so that's what I'm... Right, like, okay, good. I, I would love to help do. And basically, if the doctors had this little piece of paper, I just keep saying a wee piece of paper, but if they had this wee sheet, mm-hmm. I don't think I would have been as bad when I was diagnosed as I was I think they would have caught it a long time before because I was going back and forward for a good eight to ten months with different things scary so that's why I think it's so important to get and it's something so simple but it's just not easy to just have it just oh there you go put that in your system so that people can click on it I wish it was so brutal that I know so the symptoms that were missed for me were I kept getting pain under the right hand side of my rib and I was getting terrible hangovers, right? Like mm-hmm. really, really bad. I don't drink a lot. I, well, I don't drink now, but like I didn't drink a lot. But when I did drink, it was like a good night out and I was mm-hmm. like, you know, probably overindulged. But I got to a point where I was waking up and I couldn't move with the pain in, in my sight and I was going, what were you thinking it was? Like you're waking up with that pain where you're like, I broke a rib or something here or... I thought I, I pulled thought, a muscle. What were you thinking? It was thinking? always ribs. It was always ribs uh-huh. to me. I was like, oh, the rib pain. I was like, that's so like my ribs are sore. My ribs are sore, and I couldn't put it. Like I couldn't pinpoint it. Um, so that would have been my liver. So my liver yeah. is quite badly diseased. So that would have been that the would pain have been from your liver, liver, and it would have been that's right why the alcohol. Yeah, would, your hangovers would be so bad. Yep. Yeah. Um, at times the pain was going round the other side mm-hmm. so then I wasn't focused on oh it's something definitely under the right hand side I was like so it was oh it's all my ribs right, okay. so there was times mm-hmm. like that and then at one point I woke up and I just couldn't move my back but I was back and forward to like gynecologists and all that as well because I was having pain down like your what, your pelvic area crampy pain or shooting pain or just like gnawing like yeah, a pulsing, there, like there a, a nervy pain. Uh-huh. Right, okay. There all the time. Flared up sometimes. But when like I a shooting, would you ever get... Uh, so it was like more mm. of a gnawing? I'd say I got shooting pains in... At, like, the diaphragm in my, area. Uh-huh, mm. But not in, my, not in my pelvis. It was like... like I don't even know. I, I can't even describe it properly. It was just like aching, pure... Like you're aching, getting a fucking eye. virus or something. Uh-huh, mm-hmm. it just didn't feel right. And I'd, I'd go back and forward and it was like endometriosis. I was like, well, yeah. I had some removed before mm-hmm. when I was getting, like I've only got one ovary because when I had my initial breast cancer diagnosis, they whipped out one of my ovaries because I had ovarian torsion. So okay. it was like a big, massive cyst, but it was fine. Mm-hmm. But just it was like causing there. me pain. Um, I'm not flinging stuff out. No, no I mean, just like you woke up and they're like that, right? We've just done other things. Oh, right? <laughs> yeah. What? Aye, so they removed that. 
But why was I telling you that now? I can't remember. You're going to tell me the symptoms of secondary base cancer. All right, we might get Forget to that <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, no, that's that's the that's definitely the treatment. So I so the the, the liver pain mm-hmm. was that's one of them. The rib pain is also one of. There's them. no way I would think rib pain. The no. liver pain, I'd be more like the rib pain. What have yeah. you overreached for something? Do yeah. you know what I mean? No, it, it was like. It's like a band going Isn't around it? each and side. Right. What else? Um, the back pain. So I was getting back pain as well to the point where that's why I ended up going shoulder A&E. blades, middle mm. or lower. Um, do you know what? I should really check these because there's ones that uh-huh. there's wee signs, right? Oh, you're going to give it to me. The, yeah, okay. Because um, I actually think this is so off. important for. There's loads of different symptoms. It's a, a lot of which I didn't have. Um, because there's secondary breast cancer can spread to uh, like your brain, it can mm-hmm. spread to your lungs, mm-hmm. it can like it can literally go anywhere, anywhere it wants. It can latch on to anything. I don't know if that's going a lot. Oh, there we go. Um, it can latch on to anything it wants, but the main place that it wants to go, and it's very very common to go to your lungs, your liver, and your bones. Your bones mm-hmm. are the, the the big one yeah. that it likes to kind of travel to, but I can share these with you, obviously, as well. Yeah, we'll do that. um, There's just a few different kind of... So it can go to your brain, so there's like kind of different symptoms for your brain. I think breathlessness is one for Mm -hmm. your lungs, obviously. I think that would be quite... It's actually quite scary, though, isn't it? Yeah. Like, what's the rates of this now? Is it like one in two? I don't know. (laughs) And... It's unbelievable, right? Mm-hmm. But secondary, you'll see quite a lot of people campaigning for make seconds count, like secondary breast cancer, make it count, because they don't count secondary breast cancer patients. Why? So I'm just, I'm there, right? I'm getting treatment, mm-hmm. and they know I'm getting treatment, but there's no record of secondary breast cancer patients so when you go and get a primary diagnosis your initial diagnosis it's not spread anywhere it's just Mm -hmm. contained to the one place or maybe even recurrence in the same Mm -hmm. area right that's all classed as kind of primary breast cancer they've got a log and they can go in and they can see how many people have been diagnosed what age they were Mm -hmm. where what area they were from you know all the stats all the normal usual stats but the um Secondary is when you're diagnosed with secondary breast cancer, they couldn't go into any sort of log in um, the NHS and tell us how many people have got it. And why? Just don't have the resources, or I don't know. I honestly don't know. So that's another reason so we why we don't know actually what the the rate is of that. Yeah, because so you can go online and you can look at stats, but mm-hmm. they're so outdated because they're going by it's like a guessing game. Yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? So, so we don't really know how things are improving. Or not. So that's why this charity Met Up UK, they're they're pushing for that. They're pushing well. for that too. Yeah. Or they do loads and loads that's of work. That's good. Uh-huh. I'll, I will tag them and stuff yeah. like that because that's really, really good. So just before I let you go and get on with your day, <laughs> I've kept you quite long. I know, well, we should talk about KP. No, but no, I want <laughs> to ask you that. Talk. I want to ask you. I talk about me quite a lot, so don't worry. <laughs> um, I want to ask you, do you believe that you can get better from doing the things that you're doing? Yeah, no, I... So I'm not at a point where I'm like, right, okay, 
KP cures cancer, right? Which but might for one hundred pounds. No, that would be nice, but. And do you know what? Like, hopefully one day that is the case. And but I'm what like, do you, right, do you do you think? Like, remember I was telling you that story. I was telling her a story of this woman that I used to train who was seriously religious. She wasn't in any of the health stuff that I was into. Yeah. Her friend had the uh, diagnosis with the tumor, and they couldn't operate or something. It was too big. She was praying every night, praying, praying, praying. Yeah, you were saying that. And then it shrunk. So then they were obviously, they've got a big faith in God. Mm -hmm. I personally don't believe in God, but I believe in the power of the mind. Yeah. And that that blew my mind. I was like, wow, so it's shrunk enough for them to do whatever operation. Mm -hmm. Like, and I'm just thinking, I love the power of the mind stuff. Yeah. You know? I think that I keep telling myself every day, there's the, like, it's a miracle. I do say, like, that, so... More recently, I've had a scan since being on treatment and the scans are showing that my bones are starting to heal. My mm -hmm. liver's had a great response. And it's, I mean, I, I struggle to say that. Right? Pure, but it's so <laughs> good though, isn't it? I know, I pure beam every time I say it. But and my scans, I, I posted my scans actually to uh -huh. show because like literally you see holes in my spine and my pelvis and then you see them fill. And it's just like incredible. It's really cool. Isn't <laughs> um, it? it is, and I've never been into like biology or anything like that. But now I'm like, oh, quite like this. But <laughs> I just think it's cool, and I, I just to give you a wee fact before you go, like even like so, like oxytocin, right? Do you mm -hmm. know that hormone? It's the love hormone. It's the cuddle yeah. hormone. So connection, right, can actually help our bodies produce bone marrow. Okay, but I mean, like, how cool? So what would that mean? That would mean like being connected good relationships all that stuff can actually make our biology do stuff so like my, that's why I wanted to say do you so all my chat and the membership and all that's all this shit and I'm like do you believe <laughs> that you can fucking like yeah no I do I think every day like I'll, I'll see things like I, I think I said to you like I see the number 11 everywhere yes. right and every time I see it I make a wee wish right mm -hmm. and it's just something that I've got into the habit of and I'm just like that I wish for better health every single time, no matter what. And I feel like it's drilled this wee element of positivity in my head that it's just like, I'm not thinking, I don't know, I'm not seeing a cancer advert and going, oh my God, I'm no, dying I of cancer. I'm seeing number 11 and I'm going, I wish for better health. And that just changes your mindset a, a wee bit. Percent. So it's just like such a small thing. Uh -huh. And I wanted, when you came onto the podcast, I didn't want it to be like a sad podcast no, because I no. don't actually think of you like that. Like when you're giving your wee voice notes in the group, they're very annoying. Every one of those women <laughs> in that group. But uh, you do that and you, you're a dead positive bright light. So like that's who you are to me. I didn't want you to come in and it was like sad. No, do you know what I mean? No. I definitely think if you are willing to like have your grief periods, right, and allow yourself to feel... Mm -hmm depressed if, like I was depressed for yeah, a good couple of, of months course. I never knew what depression uh -huh. was and then it that, hit me like yeah. a bulldozer but allow yourself that time and then after that make the decision of what you're going to do and yeah. like help yourself go on because you can't just sit there and rock back and forward no, no. like you're literally wasting your life and you're allowing cancer to win mm -hmm. at that case, in that case so I just think that the fact that I went, right, okay, I'm going to bite the bullet, I'm going to go for it, I'm going to make these changes. And like I said, I came back and forward to you several times and I wouldn't be in this place if it wasn't for joining the membership because genuinely I wouldn't have known how to do it. Mm -hmm. Like, I was overwhelmed on where to start, what to do. Yes. 
And I even remember starting with the membership and saying to you, I don't know where to start. And you're like, yeah, whatever you want. What about this? What about that? Just do one thing at a time, like a small thing. And that is the only way that I've got to this point. Yep, that 1%. And I can't believe the difference now. It's massive, mate. Like, mm -hmm. and I've only been doing it properly since mm -hmm. the end of September. Yep. And so it, a couple of months. Uh -huh. And then you've got, like, all the women are pure supportive of you and all that in the group and stuff like that. So it's things bonus. like that that make a difference. Do you know what I mean? Well, you're saying, like, you're saying, like, oh, the hormone and the connection can help mm -hmm. you. But, like, do you know, mm -hmm. there's loads of wee things that just, it's had a physical impact. Like, you know, I, I feel physically better. Yes. If I go off track a wee bit and kind of, like, you know, not, it, there was a week that Alan was home fr from working away and we weren't very good like it was we weren't good, eating very mm -hmm. good so it was just like a bit like oh you're home so let's just do this yeah and that's that. okay and I and I know and that's where I'm I actually said to my sister-in-law today I said I'm going to be gentle with myself over Christmas mm -hmm. because I don't want to make myself miserable like I don't want to be feeling like I'm pure out of everything but also I know in my head I don't want to I don't want to be veering off to no. that life last year, no, so exactly. I won't. I won't do half. You do the stuff get to that, that point. I know. I'm. I'm so chuffed for you, um, for doing all this stuff. I'm impressed. Do you know what I mean? I'm actually not easily impressed. Well, thanks. So I'm going to leave it at that. But thank you so much <laughs> for coming on today, mate. Thank and that's you us done in this. Thank you for having me. Thank yep, you for whatever. having me. Whatever. We made it. <laughs>